0: Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Ah, yes, it is. Judd's Hockey Show. Now, we ordinarily, it would be Judd, it would be Declan, and with uh, less than a week till the opener, it would be our friend Jesse Pierce, bar down dot com. But we just got a note before we started t- to record this, Declan, that Jesse in White Bear Lake hmm. is again without power, so no Jesse. Thanks a lot to whomever runs the power out in White Bear Lake. But we got plenty to get to, including uh, some bad news regarding Wild Defenseman and Captain Jared Spurgeon. But before we do that, I want to tell you right now that this show is brought to you by our friends at Power Lodge. Look at that right there. Power Lodge is Minnesota's CF Moto Superstore. Since they buy more, you save more. And Power Lodge has new deals to get you ready for your fall escape. Save thousands on CF Moto off-road and side-by-sides. Four-by-four starting at an unbelievable 4599 bucks. Get ready for whatever the wilderness throws at you, no matter how tough the job. Power Lodge in their five locations has you covered with a three year warranty on select units. That's three years a piece of mind Plus, for a limited time, get a free CF Moto generator. When you purchase select units, powering your adventures even further. Locations, because you're asking me right now, okay, Judd, tell me where the locations are. I'm going to do that. Ramsey, Sock Rapids, Onamia, St. Cloud, and Brainerd Power Lodge is your Power Sports go to destination, the largest CF Moto dealer in the state. Call or visit today. Uh, PowerLodge.com, if you have more questions. All right, Dex, let's start with the bad news. Um, I did catch the entire game on Valley Sports North last night between the Blackhawks and the Wild. Uh, second to last, I think, penultimate is what they call it preseason game. And uh, the bad news is this Jared Spurgeon has suffered an injury. Uh, That is an upper body injury happened on a check in the first period. He did not return for the second period. It looks like he is going to be out. Uh, He's not going to be LTIR, which means it won't be 10 games, but it's certainly he won't be playing Thursday against the Panthers to start the season. Um, You know, he's going to miss at least a handful, if not more games. Alex Goligoski will now play more your thought your thoughts and i mean and i guess the one thing i will say that's good news is it is early in in the season much prefer this to a guy getting hurt right before the playoffs
1: right um you know i i was able to catch the last two periods of the game so i missed the spurgeon hit um or spurgeon injury i should say uh but i know yeah he'll be out for at least a few weeks so not a ideal timing especially with uh the season that's about to open up against the defending eastern conference champions and granted i know you're on a home ice but uh not a great start, and yes, now you're going to probably see more of the goose. I'm going to guess uh, most likely, and maybe this gives yep. an opportunity to Kalen Addison to get more minutes or so. He was quarterbacking the power play, which uh, we'll probably get into as well later on in this episode. But definitely don't want to lose, you know, one of your mainstays uh, on your blue line, and obviously your captain too. So be actually interested interested to see. If Spurgeon obviously is out for the home opener, who does have the C on? The honorary C with your C is out.
0: Ooh, I didn't even... I love that. Mm-hmm. You you know, I love the oh, I know you do. And I love the A's. I love the letters. I didn't even think of that. That's a great point. Who gets the captaincy? Foligno? Mm-hmm.
1: Foligno? Foligno. Felino, probably, right? Have they he's announced
0: a, a, no. the alternates? Yeah. They have not... Well, well, Foligno is, right? Because he, he's been an... And it was um, Dumba previously, who's now mm-hmm. gone, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's going to be. I bet Felino kicks up to captain just because of the fact that that he had a letter previously. But you um, that's a good one as far as like who who wears the extra. Uh, I did see last night. So last night, Kaprizov did not have the A on his jersey as he did last week against um, uh, for for the game at the X against Colorado. Who had the A on last night? Was it I'm trying to remember now? Um, and, and it it was not Eck either. It was was it Hartman? So very good question. Here's my question. Opening night now. What are your defensive pairings? Because Spurgeon's a, a right handed shot that played with Middleton, a left handed shot. Your mm-hmm. second your second pairing, which I think is the first, I will continue to hammer this home. Faber and Brodeen are your best defensive pair. they 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 just are. Faber um, and that's a left hand. I believe F- Faber is a right-handed shot, correct? And Brodin is a left-handed shot. And then Kalen, who's a right-handed shot, plays with um, was playing with Merrill. So, you know, I got I I mean, is Goose just going to kick up to the top pairing? Are they going to maybe put Faber with Middleton? Although I I'm all in favor of Brodin yeah, and Faber. I I agree with you there. Yeah, what, I don't think you cause more
1: confusion with moving one of those two out. I'm with you. So I think Golagoski probably slides up uh, in Spurgeon's spot and then plays with Middleton, and then what, Marilyn Addison round out the bottom pairing? Is that the most likely outcome?
0: Yeah, probably. probably right. I, like, like Goose gets, when, when Goose does play, they trust him.
1: And they don't trust Addison enough to put him with Middleton. Hell no. I mean, on I, I, from a fantasy side or from an NHL video game side, I would do that. That's what I would do if I was running the running the sticks, if you will. Uh, but I think most likely outcome is Golagoski slides into Spurgeon's role. You don't disrupt things with Faber and Brodine. And then, obviously, the rounding out of the pairing would be Merrill and Addison. But, you know, they might mix and match this, you know, depending if it's an offensive True. zone. You know, they could put Addison in the True. offensive zone. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, so they might get a little creative here with their certain situations and face-offs, but, yeah, this will this will cause a little bit of a interesting predicament for them for at least the first week or two of
0: the season. So your right-handed shots uh, on defense now with uh, with Spurgeon out, your, your right-handed shots are going to be, your options are Addison, Faber, and I'm with you. Faber and Brodine I don't think are going to be disrupted. I think you're right about that. Um, and that's it. So I guess the one thing that, that you're going to have to decide is if you put Middleton with Goose, who plays the right side, I think oh, Lugoski, am I right in saying that? I think, I think he's played at the right side before, Um, but you know what? Dex again, in all sports, the double edge of the preseason, get you some time, but it can be, and, and I'm not sure about you, but the Blackhawks definitely had some guys last night that were trying to make an impression. Like there was some, and it, it probably goes both both ways. I shouldn't just blame yeah. Chicago. There was some unnecessary preseason chippiness, I thought, I- including if you go back and watch, and I didn't know at the time that, that he was hurt, but the hit on, um, on Spurgeon was one of a few that we saw from behind, including a really dangerous hit by a non-dirty player, Tyler Johnson of the Blackhawks on Faber, in which Faber's ankle went into the boards really oddly, and it looked really bad for a, a second. So I'm not sure if it's guys trying to make the team or what in Chicago, but um, you know it's preseason guys. Come on, you're you're going to have plenty of time for that stuff. Uh, but these hits, these hits from behind, and you know, that's the one thing in all levels of hockey I absolutely hate because they're so dangerous. And and I understand if you're pushing into the boards, like if if you're both close, but if you run a guy from behind, there is almost no good that can come from that
1: no it it felt like a regular It se- felt like you know not a playoff game but it felt like right. a regular season rivalry game right i mean i know chicago minnesota have some history and they're in the division together uh but yeah definitely it didn't feel like a preseason game at all um yeah guys rocking each other you had do or drop the gloves um i did love the little moment at the end with flurry and obviously uh bedard which was which was funny to see uh but yeah it didn't feel like a get right preseason let's get the legs underneath us and you know get conditioned right and don't do anything dramatic or don't do anything outrageous it it felt like a normal regular season hockey game um and that's why i even texted you during the course of the game and asking like is this is chicago for real here obviously they got a lot of excitement with bedard they get taylor hall also in free yep. agency you know felino i would imagine they're better than they were last year for sure yeah yes. um And I'm curious if they'll actually be if they'll kind of pop up overnight here and go from the bottom to the top or at least towards the top of the division, basically overnight.
0: I don't think so. Um, I I guess my biggest question, and he actually played pretty well last night uh, for Chicago, is in goal. Like, I just don't know if they have the goaltending, but they definitely have some. And it's smart because with Bedard being a young player they definitely have brought in some nice components like as you said hall and nick felino is not a great player now he's a depth guy but he's a great depth guy and he's a captain type like Mm -hmm. he he and his brother which is is an extension of their father mike who used to play for the sabers are both like really really all good room guys Mm -hmm. um all right topic two i want to because it started off in in the first period i was impressed like with the first one or two And then I was thoroughly unimpressed. The wild power play, um, which which is now going to be – so the assistant coach that ran the wild power play last season is now the head coach of the Iowa Wild in the American Hockey League. Uh, Jason King is the name of the new power play coach. And Dex, when they started – First of all, way too many penalties called last night. I know you're trying to get guys used to what you're gonna as officials, but my God, let's let's swallow the whistle just a little bit more. But um the first power play or two, the wild came out super aggressive and I really didn't score, but I liked it. I'm like, if this is the approach, it's really good. Like I like the aggressive approach. After that, it went in the tank. That extended two man where yeah. where the, the five on three where mm-hmm. flower iced the puck was awful um (laughs) but i guess i went my inclination is this i went from encouraged by what i saw to like this is not good um and both of the units played quite a bit so it Mm -hmm. it wasn't just the top power play it was both of them what were your thoughts on the power play which i know especially coming off the playoff disappointment is really expected to be improved
1: Looked like it was in mid-season form to me that's uh that's what I tweeted out a little cheeky last night because they had a five on three and nothing nothing drives me nuts than when you cannot capitalize on a five on three, you know like yeah, yeah obviously when the good power plays are converting a normal man advantage at about twenty percent clip right that's kind of the goal you want to be near the twenty percent clip so basically obviously uh, it it doesn't take a math major to figure out that most of the time you're actually not going to score in the power play but when you got a five on three and an extended one of a minute plus dude, you gotta, you gotta bank at home. And it just, it felt ticky tacky, right? Yeah. Zuccarello down there. Who's trying to force things into Capri soft at the top. Like it That's felt like I a, was. it yep. felt like a classic wild power play. I, I was, I'm bummed that Jesse isn't here. Cause that was going to be my line to her of, um, of this just looks like it's in mid season form. And I know the fans get really into this and uh, you know, I've voiced you numerous times that has been doing this show for the last three years at, power play specialty is not going to be something that I'm going to devote my like X's and O's and and brain power to. Uh, So I guess take any of my power play opinions or any of my opinions with a grain of salt, but it just, it looked like it was in mid season form and it's incredibly frustrating when you have at least the horses to, for this power play to be a lot better. And and unfortunately just it staggers every time.
0: Oh, for six last night. Oh, for six. And so just to, um, Set the scene here, because this was definitely a dress rehearsal for the opener against uh, Florida. Uh, the top power play was Eric Sinek with Capriza, Boldy, Addison, and Zuccarello. The second power play, which did get pretty extensive time l- last night, I don't know that they will get extensive time once the regular season starts, uh, was Rossi, Goudreau, and Johansson with it started with Spurgeon who then obviously has been lost now for a few games and Hartman. Um, And so, yeah, I just, I'm with you after about the first two or three and I'll never get this. I understand that you're looking for a good shot, Declan, but there's a difference between trying to find the best, best shot because it is now a day and age in hockey where pucks get blocked, shots get blocked a lot. But the difference to me is, you know okay that's fine look for a good shot but these guys and I think we bitched about this last year they turn into they think they're Gretzky you know yeah. they think they're gonna set up I mean Kaprizov at times and he's a marvelous talent don't get me wrong I love Caprizov. i love to watch him but how many times were you watching the power play last night and said shoot just shoot the puck you don't need to set something up you know I feel like we're in mid-season form with Zookie and <laughs> Kirill. I'll pass to you. You pass to me. I'll right. pass to you. Get the damn puck on the goal.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you look at some of the best power play specialists, at least power play point leaders, not even specialists, but point leaders last year, and obviously that Edmonton one's absurd, right? Like if McDavid and Dreisaitl and, and R&H are on the power play, like just just basically tap out, like they're going to score. Uh, but when you look at the power play leaders outside of them, like it's Kucherov, it's Jason Robertson, it's John Tavares, it's Zabinizad, it's pasta it's 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 Miko Ratnan of of Colorado and then like yeah Kirill had obviously a, a, a decent year last year but he's below guys like Tage Thompson and Quinn Hughes and Mitch Marner who again are these are all really good players I'm not trying to denigrate them but you need your you need your best players to be scoring on the power play and you also need an infrastructure around them that supports them and it's not it's not as simple as just zuccarello down low give it to caprizov like there is a little bit of structure here that has to take place um and when you when you look at the power play over the last few years it just it's maddening to watch because they should be a lot better on paper and for whatever reason they just they can't seem to crack the code
0: well and you got a new you know i i don't know it's a completely new schematic here but it's definitely a change in philosophy of some sort all right next talking point and uh lapanta and Wes walls talked about this a lot during the telecast but I think it's worth us discussing as well is back on defense Brock Faber Uh, now Brock Faber did make a pass last night that led to a breakaway goal basically for the Blackhawks so he did make one mistake and yes he's going to make mistakes he is a young player and nobody's perfect but overall how impressed were you because I think that the step up from Matt Dumba and the Dumba he had become because you know before the Kachuk fight, Dex, there was always, like, the the threat of the potential, right? And there were, I mean, before the Kachuk fight, that season, he was off to just a marvelous start. Um, but when you watch what Faber brings, and here's the other thing I saw last night that I absolutely loved. He's super, super smart, and he has clearly been told, hey, I want you to, by the, the coaching staff, we want, because Brodeen's so good defensively, we want you to take some chances. Like he pinched in on occasion. And I don't know that that's his ballywick ordinarily, but Brodeen used to basically play Dumba's position at times. Um, how encouraged were you? Because I think the upgrade in that pairing, and it's why I think that they are the true number one pairing on defense, the upgrade from Dumba has to play with Brodeen to Brock is going to play with Brodeen is going to be one of the biggest upticks that this franchise sees. Uh, from 2022-23 to 2023-24.
1: It kind of reminds you of when Brodeen entered the league, right? Because if I remember right, like Brodeen barely played in the AHL. I, mm-hmm. I could be wrong on this, but I, I remember him stepping in right away, right, in that 11-12 season um, and basically looked like he had been an NHL vet, right? That's what even Ryan Souter said similar things after he got here of this is ridiculous, like this kid's so young and so inexperienced to a degree of games played, and yet he looks like he's a veteran, Brock Faber similar thing and look he was a really good college hockey player but that jump from college to the NHL is a tough one um and and that's someone who loves college hockey and I've seen a ton of college hockey but you don't really get the translation of best college hockey players make good NHL players in fact it rarely happens and Brock Faber really looks like a guy uh who has hasn't missed a beat and has actually been playing in the NHL for years and you bring up the point that like Brodeen is obviously the great stay at home defenseman and he can make a lot of savvy plays that don't show up for goals and points, and that's really not his game. But can Faber replicate more of the offensive production that Matt kind of dropped off on over the last few years? And I right. think that's that's like the uh the theory that's around uh Brock Faber of if he's obviously a good defenseman, he can play NHL minutes, that's clear. But is there an offensive uptick to his game that kind of not doesn't counteract Brodine, but gives that pairing a, a different type of level where Brodine isn't covering for Dumba's defensive miscues because obviously Faber is a better defensive, I think, defenseman than Dumba. But is there this offensive game uh, to Faber that we haven't seen from Dumba basically in the last few years?
0: And I think that no matter what you get from Brock, it's going to be superior because I think he's just a flat-out better player than Matt Dumba is right now. So, like, I'm yeah. super excited. I, I'm and, and I watch him play. And Dex, you know, it's rare to see a guy who makes the transition, first of all, into the playoffs and just plays. I mean, I mean, that's Kale McCar stuff. And I'm not comparing uh Faber to McCarr, but I am saying that like making that transition and just bang I mean, playoff hockey, as we both know, is um is different than, you know, for sure than regular season. But I just think that that transition and that move and what you see from Brock, which is this sort of steady, calm heart rate. I mean, he he and Brodeen, my guess is combined, their heart rates are never going to race. Like they look like two guys who are just always calm, cool, and collected. And so I I think that it's going to be a huge step up. And Brodeen was already damn good. And I think it's also going to... Uh, make the fiala trade in the long run a really good trade like in retrospect now and you probably like fiala more than anybody in town but in retrospect now you know if you were if you had to trade him which they basically did and that's your return that's a great great trade so i am incredibly encouraged there um marco rossi yeah i i have been now he was playing third line and this appears to be where he's going to start opening night third line felino on the left Goudreau on the right um i saw him against the abs last week in which at the x in which i think he played a very good game last night he essential well he made the game tying goal cuz the stick lift of the defenseman behind the goal where they both were going back for the puck and then uh the pass to patty maroon who shoveled it past the blackhawks goaltender uh but marco rossi and he had a good preseason a year ago so i'll i'll be cautious here but he's bigger you could tell he's stronger that stick lift that he did to create the tying goal last night does not Mm -hmm. happen a year ago I Um, i really like what i've seen and i think you are i think he has put himself in position now to get an extended look a long look and won't have the rug pulled out from under him if he doesn't have a good first week or two.
1: Yeah, he he looks a lot better. He just looks stronger, and obviously, I think the confidence is there. You know, he it felt like he was playing scared and skating on eggshells to a degree last season, especially um, towards the end before he got demoted to the AHL, where he still dominated. Yeah, I, I think there's a place for him here, and how he takes this opportunity and how the team deploys him after he's obviously a little bit more comfortable and they're not just waiting for him to make a mistake. I think that's the more curiosity, curiosity part on my end. He's clearly going to make the team like that's clear at this point. He's going to make yeah. the team and where you're third saying line he's yeah. probably going to be that third line center. Absolutely. It's then if he gets comfortable in that role and he's playing well, does he get, and mostly what happens here is with injuries, but does he get rewarded with a top line? Cause Judd, I I watched enough of you in the preseason hockey game yesterday. Like I, Ryan Hartman long term as a number one center is not gonna work. I can't I, I can't I I You're can't not. take it seriously. I know this is a broken record on Judd's hockey show for the last yeah, year.
0: I don't disagree.
1: But I, I, I cannot take a team seriously
0: if that's the case. I just Well can't. F- first of all, Dean's not changing it. Like it's just very clear he's not. And and it's it's very clear that um it would take Hartman Hartman would again have to have a terrible start. Here's my question. So line combination wise. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame Pierce is not here because she loves this stuff. But line combination wise, let me throw let me float an idea at you, knowing that Dean is not going to uh demote Hartman unless he's hurt or is an absolutely so atrocious that Bill Guerin probably mandates it, which I don't think is gonna happen. What would you think of this? If Rossi gets off to a good start, what would you think about flipping? and let's get past um, lines like as far as first, second, third. Okay. So let's just think of this generically to go along with my train of thought here. What would you think about flipping Rossi with Eck? So it's Rossi with Johansson and Boldy, which I think Mm -hmm. is more of an offensive and Eck can play. And, and, and this is not a, this is not a slight at Eck. My thing is, in fact, I, I would give him a chance with the top line right now, but Eck can play anywhere. Like he is just a, just a reliable, really solid player. And then echoes with to, to sort of a, a grief line again with Felino and Goudreau. I like that. I just think it gives Rossi a chance to shine offensively. Yeah, and I guess
1: we're moving the one, two, three lines. Um, I think it's more likely that that happens, right, than they just take Hartman off of it.
0: I think you're – yeah, because I just – I agree with everything that you said, and I also can tell you unequivocally, I don't think Dean, unless he is forced to, is going to take 38 off the line with 36 and 97.
1: Yeah, and and that's where I said I I think it's more of injuries that happen in in the course of any sport that kind of force the hand a little bit. It's – it'll just be really interesting if – if Rossi plays well and they realize we got to put this guy with even better players and he deserves it, not just to disrupt the chemistry that could be working on Rossi's line, but he deserves to be playing with better playmakers too. So yeah, I think probably stepping up and being in with guys like Boldy, who obviously has already emerged and uh Johansson, who has had obviously some pretty successful NHL seasons too, that might be the more linear path of
0: him getting a legitimate promotion. Before broke his, ankle on the slap shot i think was in pittsburgh uh late in the regular season last year that i think he was playing with johansson and boldy and that line took off but it's my opinion that rossi like because i'm trying to think of how can you put marco in a spot to shine offensively like i'm not he should not be dumb defensively that won't be tolerated um but goudreau and felino are they gonna like The the goal last night that tied the score was Marco Rossi makes a great play and Patty Maroon scores. Well, it's Patty Mm -hmm. Maroon, you know, who's going to be a fourth-line guy, going to do that a ton. So I'm just trying to think of ways, and I think Johansson and Boldy's offensive upside and him playing with uh, Marco Rossi playing with those two could be intriguing. I fully expect Dean won't do a damn thing here. I mean, it's not in Dean's DNA to change things. But anyway, um I'm with you on Hart Hartman completely, and I can tell you unequivocally, I'll be shocked if it changes. I know, unless yeah. he gets hurt.
1: Uh, maybe maybe go to Summit Orthopedics if you're uh, if you're Marco Rossi or Dean Evason if you need some changes there, right? Maybe need a little or, bit of changes. Or if Hartman
0: gets hurt, yeah, can go to Summit Ortho.
1: Especially if it's those ankles, those feet, back, neck, spine, elbows, hands, wrists—doesn't matter—at Summit Orthopedics, over 25 locations in the Twin Cities and Greater Minnesota area, they have over 150 expert physicians and physical therapists specially trained in their fields. Learn more. Find a location near you at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com.
0: So I I would expect that we'll be back n- next week to uh, before the Thursday game probably to, to do an episode with uh with uh Jesse and toe and then yeah. and then perhaps Thursday night post game live. It's gonna be a busy week but we here, we so we the twins are gonna play twins are gonna play Tuesday, gonna play Tuesday and Wednesday but mm-hmm. then they, they would go back to Houston, so that would probably be Friday. So I think we might have a I think there might be a window as the meteorologists like to say, to get a wild postgame show in after they play the Panthers. It's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be Gus Bus against against your guy, Bob. Bob, that's right. Yeah. Who you have likely. criticized that contract and he led him to the Stanley cup, you you Griffin Jack's Bob hater.
1: Look, I I'm the goalie whisper on this show, okay? I don't have to apologize for any goalie takes yet. So we'll uh we'll see how that goes. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment. As Judd said, we'll be back uh, obviously next week as well. Wild season finally here. Crept up on us, right? We got through these off-season topics. We got through all these great questions, preseason topics. Uh, we'll have Jesse Pierce in the fold. We'll have AJ Fredrickson also in the fold a ton. Fix the power. Even more.
0: Even Fix more that now power, Fix that power, Jesse
1: Pierce. Call it, Finch now. Home Solutions. Yeah, go Bears, Jesse. Uh, pass, shoot, score.